you know that it is essential to reach your church community where they are with messages that resonate with them. But when serving a multi-generational church, it's hard to choose one platform or communication style that reaches everyone. In today's episode, we'll discuss how to identify your audience, choose the right channel, and craft messaging that connects. Hey there, church communicator. Welcome to the Church Juice Podcast, where we are energizing church communications one 20-minute episode at a time. I am Brian Haley, the producer of Church Juice, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeanette Yates. Hey, Jeanette. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. I'm excited about today's topic. We are talking about communication, obviously. We're talking about how we communicate to different audiences or different generations, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, I think sometimes like, like, especially when you're like in the world of marketing, it's like identify your target audience and, you know, focus on them and that we do that in the church communication space as well. But we do have multiple demographics typically in a church and like, how do you, how do you do that? I think it's something that we need to make sure that we hone in on. Yeah. I mean, there are some churches who have a pretty clear demographic that they reach or whatever, college age, you know, young married, something like that. But for a lot of churches, the congregation is spread across. Maybe it's multiple generations of a family, you know, that kind of thing. Or you just have clusters of, you know, maybe early retireds, and then you have young families and kids and whatever. So we spent a lot of time talking about, like you were just saying, kind of talking about creating or identifying your target audience or creating personas. But how do we communicate to you know, a wide array when we're talking about uh, a 25 year old and a 75 year old, they probably need communicating to differently. Right. Right. So, so that's what we're talking about today. Yes. And I, I'm going to try to stay on, on task today because I love talking about multi-generational churches because all the churches that I've served in have been multi-generational and I mean, college, you know, youth, college, young families, sandwich generation families, baby boomer generation, you know, like we've had like the whole gamut of people and tr- and trying to figure out what needs to be communicated, when it needs to be communicated, and how it needs to be communicated are all things that you have to consider. And so it's something that I worked really hard on in my own uh, experience as a church communicator. And so I think it's really important to make sure that people are looking at all of those pieces. Yeah, absolutely. I would say that the first thing Uh, when we're kind of talking about creating communication for several audiences is to actually figure out who your different audiences are. So you may have, you may have two, you may have four kind of key target audiences, but you need to actually identify who those audiences are. So creating those personas, like we've talked about before, some generalizations about one group of people, you can create that because I think it's important to identify who those those key targets are, because otherwise you turn to you turn into the church who says we just want to reach everyone or our our audience is everybody. Well, no, you still have people that that are part of your church or that are more likely to be attracted to becoming part of your church. So, so identifying who those audiences are, I think, are is a really important step. And I think we've talked about this before too. How you know you may have a church where the demographic is maybe, it, you know, it's a church that's been around a while. Most of the people there are, you know, empty nesters, all that kind of stuff. And you figured out how to communicate to them pretty well. But then you know that there's 
you know, your community, maybe a lot of young families are moving in. Right. And you want to reach out to those young families. Well, in order to be able to connect with them and communicate with them and let them know like, hey, we want to help. We want to serve you. We want you to be a part of our community. We're inviting you. You have to know how to communicate with them. So sometimes you have to use a different strategy or a different set of tools and strategies for your outreach communication versus like what's going on in there. And then when you get those new families in, you're going to have to say, okay, we were just using a paper bulletin, but now we might need to use other types of things as well. So right. I think that's something to consider. And also the audience, when we're talking about like identify your audience, we're specifically talking about who you're communicating with. So you might have a children's ministry, but the who you're communicating to about children's ministry, the audience isn't children, it's their parents. Right or their guardians. Right. And so kind of think of it that way too. So it's not just like, okay, we have all these ministries. Those are all of our audiences, not necessarily. You know, when we talk about finding your key audiences, that can still be kind of vague sometimes, right? There are some easier ways to figure out who your key audiences are. Of course, you can make assumptions or kind of think through like, who do we see on Sunday? But you can also look at actual information and figure out, okay, we kind of have clusters of people in these age groups, or what other kind of demographics does your church care about? Maybe it's, you know, what part of the city people live in, or different things like that. But you can gather that information, hopefully, from your church's database, from your church management system. You can grab, you know, get a, a bird's eye view of who is part of your church, what what ages are they, what interests do they have, where do they live, And you can kind of create those when we talk about multi-generational communication, we're talking about ages, right? So grab the the bird's eye view of those statistics that you have, that data that you have and see where do you have clusters of people in different ages and what does that mean? So when we talk about, you know, a group of people who's 55 to 64, their age, well, what else does that mean? They're probably nearing or at retirement or empty nesters, what other interests do those people have? And look at other clusters of people that you have larger groups of people from your from your database. So that's a easier way to help you identify, okay, we, we actually are not as spread out maybe as we thought we were. We have clusters that are 80 and we have another cluster that's 35. So I think that's important. And like you said, yes, you have probably a lot of kids, but you're really not communicating with them. You're probably not communicating with teenagers much either. The youth pastor might be, but really who you're trying to talk to or communicate with is the parent. And that's important to think through and think through how do parents then receive information? How are we communicating with them? How are we engaging with them throughout the week too? Yeah. When you said that, when you were started talking about the database though, Brian, I was like, Ooh, we need to make a note. We probably need to do a whole episode on church databases. because <laughs> <laughs> That's why I laughed when you started talking about it because you know, databases are awesome, but they're only as good as the information that's actually kept in there. So I think we need to do a whole episode because I was thinking like about experiences I've had with databases and how a lot to, a lot of times the information in there is not quite as accurate no, <laughs> as you think it is. So that's a different topic. But in theory, if you have good information in the database, it is a great place to go to figure out where the bulk of your demographic is and all that kind of stuff. And so just a little caveat there, note for future episode, future episode coming on church database management. Okay. Well, that's a good point too. If, because there are a lot of churches where their data 
isn't the greatest or maybe slightly outdated, especially since the pandemic, because things have shifted and changed, right? So another way, if you can't rely on your database or your management system to provide reliable, accurate, up-to-date information, then maybe you want to, as much as I hate saying this, maybe you want to consider doing a survey for people who are there on Sunday or figure out, you know, what are some other ways where we can quickly capture people's information, even anonymously, where we can just kind of grab some of these things to help us identify who our core age groups and audiences are. So there's some other ways that you can do that. Yeah, if you can't rely on your database information, which is, I think that's fairly common. So that's a few ways that you can gather information to figure out who those audiences are. Once you have that information, though, it's important to then figure out how do these people, do these groups of people, how do they receive information? How do we connect with those people? Because I, I read a study from, from Pew Research that came out earlier this week or last week, maybe, about how Sunday regular attendance continues mm-hmm. to decline. So 30% of people say that they attend like once a month right now. So as regular Sunday attendance continues to decline, people are attending less often. So it's even more vital that we figure out how do we communicate well and connect well with people beyond Sunday morning, because Mm -hmm. you can do 20 minutes of stage announcements, but if I'm only there once every four or five weeks, then I'm probably missing something still, right? If someone's doing 20 minutes of stage announcements, then most people sitting in the room are missing it too. (laughs) They they are tuning out. That's a whole different Uh, topic. I know, I know. (laughs) Yes. I was like, oh my God. Please don't do 20 minutes of stage announcements. The point is don't do stage announcements because people aren't there consistently, you know, generally speaking. So how do we, how do we break through the noise then? How do we connect with people who are coming less often and who are, you know, bombarded with more and more messages than ever before in more and more ways? Right. So, you know, one of the things that you have to do is figure out where your target audience is, like, where are they getting their information, period. And for some people, that's if they want to know something about the church, they're going to come to the church and they're going to be in that Sunday service and they're going to, you know, listen to the announcements or look at the slides. For other people, they'll be maybe watching watching online. Other people, they're going to call the office or they're going to go to your website. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> those are a couple of things to just consider is like when people are on our campus, how are we sharing information with them? But when people interact with us online, can they get the information that they were are looking for? So, you know, make sure you have that website presence. And really at this point, regardless of the demographic, you're going to need to be on social Mm -hmm. because the studies are showing, and I'll have to, I'll have to, I don't have like, you're like Pew Research Study. Every time I look at stats about this, it's, you know, it always blows my mind. But like, you know, all age ranges are on some form of social media pretty much. And so... It's not that that is the only place you should be. And it's certainly, there are definitely reasons we can talk about this more in a minute, but um, there's definitely reasons to not do that. But you're going to want to figure out where they are. So website, social, we all hear it all the time. The young folks are on their phone. Well, you need to find ways to reach them on their phone, right? Is that calling them? Is that texting them? Is that sending them a DM through an app? Like just figure out where they are. So figuring out where they are, And then wherever that is, create content that's appropriate for that particular platform. So create appropriate content for social, for mobile, 
And then also, I I mentioned like, you know, some people, because at my church, this happens, some people call the church. That's what, if they want to know something, they just call the church. Well, make sure that your person that's answering the phone has the information they need. Mm-hmm. So they're not blown, like blown off guard. So, I mean, this is some basic stuff, but we don't think about it, right? So that would be my initial thing I'm thinking about is like figure out where they are and then think about, okay, what do I need to get in that particular place that will connect with them and tell them what they need to know and what we want them to know about God or, you know, our church or whatever. I would say that the other part of crafting, engaging content, regardless of the platform, is also when you have better information about who your audiences are, who you're communicating with, you can do a better job of segmenting how you're communicating with them. So I'll just hit on email for a second because most people have email and that's pretty easy. But you can create different lists of people who who want to know information about what's happening in kids ministry or, right. you know, or uh, whatever else is happening. The, the men's breakfast, you can create tons of segmented communication and tailor how you are communicating to specific audiences. Right. Because when you tell me things that that I don't care about or that don't connect with me or are not relevant to me, then I start to tune you out, right? Yes. Or if you communicate with me too often with irrelevant information for me, then I start to ignore most of the messages or a lot more of the messages, regardless of I feel really connected to the church. What I'm right. getting is not relevant to me. So just subconsciously even, you start to tune that out. So the more that we can continually craft and create and connect relevant information for our different audiences, the better off we are to make sure that people know what they need to know when they need to know it and that they are continually connected and engaged to and with your church. One of the things I was thinking about too, when you were talking about being relevant and I'm thinking about some of the stuff that's going on in my own church right now Sometimes you know something is relevant and important, but mm-hmm. the person that you're trying to communicate it to doesn't understand yeah. why it's relevant. Yeah. So I think we've talked about we've talked about this a ton of times. the The idea of like telling the story of why something does matter to them, even if they don't understand why, like this is an important thing. This is why it's important to you. This is why this matters. Like using the opportunity when you're crafting that announcement from the thing, because we know they're going to do it anyway, Brian. When you're communicating something from the stage or the the pulpit, when you're communicating something in a blog post or an email, you're going to have to give that why piece. And that allows them the opportunity to put themselves into that story. So uh, that's like not quite a like quick tip for... (laughs) creating relevant content. But at the same time, I think it's something that we want to consider, especially when there's more complex things that we're trying to communicate. Well, I think that's a great point because a lot of churches have gone back to filling the calendar, filling the ministry Mm -hmm. calendar with events and programs and whatever, right? So what we end up doing as communication people is just throwing all the details at people. Well, that doesn't really compel me to want to be involved in the Wednesday night program when all I know is that it starts at 645 in the gym, right? Mm-hmm. So why do I want to be a part of that? I think that's a great question to ask. What right. What is the story that you are trying to tell? What, what are you compelling people to be involved with and how are you compelling them? I think that's a really great way to, a great point that you made to connect with people and to really break through the noise. If you can compel me to take action or compel a certain emotion in me, then that 
might drive certain action too. Well, and I just was thinking about this and in, in re- as you're talking in relation to that segmenting the message. So let's take the Wednesday night happens at 6 p.m. at the gym. Well, depending on your demographic that you're communicating to, the reason to come to that is different. So like for some, it may be, hey, join us for dinner. It's a great time for fellowship. That's a big word. And I don't know about you, but Mm -hmm. that's a big word in our denomination. We Mm -hmm. talk about some fellowship. (laughs) We're going to, you know, come for some fellowship, catch up with people on the week. That's the reason to come. And that may be for like an older demographic, let's say. And then for families, you're saying, hey, you know, we're the kids. We have this great thing going on for the kids. Your kids will get to spend some time together and they're going to be learning this or that. And then parents can either enjoy time in fellowship and, you know, hanging out or, you know, there's a class for them to take or something. There's something for them to do. And so, but you wouldn't, if you tell all, if you send out one email, let's say to the whole, or emails to the whole list or put one social post for that's targeted towards everyone that only that either says all of that or just one of those then you're right. excluding half the people so i think that's a important piece too that you can actually encourage people to come to different things at your church for different reasons depending on what might seem more relevant to them absolutely so if you're watching or listening to today's episode and you're thinking through you know i have i have seniors that i need to communicate with i have empty nesters I have middle age, mid family, I have young families. That's a lot of segments. That's a lot of audiences to communicate and to try to to connect with individually or segmented, which creates a lot more work, right? Right. So I can I can just hear the communication mm-hmm. leader as as you're watching and listening, asking, Well, I don't I don't have the time for that. How am I supposed to how am I supposed to do all this with the limited time and resources that I have? So I'm curious, how do you think that that communication leaders can do this, you know, can segment their communication to specific audiences in a relevant way within the time frame and resources and, you know, all of that on their plate? Instead of focusing on social, and the reason I'm not going to focus on that is because social is not something that you can really control whether or not the message actually gets to the person. Algorithms are going to algorithm and you don't know if the, your post or post or Facebook event or whatever is going to get there. So while it's important to have something and post content there, if you really are trying to get an important message or you're trying to communicate or connect with the people in your church, you're going to want to use email and shocker. I think texting is also very important. Um, (laughs) And so I'm just thinking about how using a platform that allows you to have a whole list. And then, so you can have the list for when you, you want to text every text and email everybody you have your, and then you segment that out. The segments are done. So every time, you know, once you do do the segments, they're done. You don't have to segment out every single time. Mm -hmm. And then I would also say, okay, now let's say we have to send something to our, our youth parents. So you would email them the email that you need to tell them something. But then I would also, because I'm a parent of a youth, I would tell you, if you really want me to look at that email, you're going to have to text me and tell me that you sent me an email. And then I'll go look at it, okay. do what I need to do. Yeah. So I think that's something too, is like sometimes you, well, all the time, you should never just use one method, Absolutely. right? 
you should always use multiple, but I think doing that. And then I think too, the best thing to do to make sure that you're not spending too much time crafting messages and scheduling messages and typing emails and all that kind of stuff is to plan it, like is to really have an event calendar for your church, content calendar for your social, and then also a communication schedule for what needs to be communicated when. And and schedule, you know, I think we talked about this with time management. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to schedule time to just sit down and do it. But then if you do that, then it's done and you can move on. So I think part of it is like, it seems daunting when you're thinking about, I have to communicate all of these messages all the time. I feel like I'm spinning. Schedule, like scheduling matters, time blocking matters. And that helps you have the bandwidth you need to communicate what you need when you need to do it. That's a great point. I was going to say plan ahead. So (laughs) I think you hit that on the head. I know that a lot of churches are working last minute, but Mm -hmm. the more that we can plan ahead or the more that, you know, as you are working on the men's breakfast event, then the more that you can plan ahead. And like you were saying, kind of batch that you can create all of your different men's breakfast was a terrible example, but you can create all of your different segments right there and how you communicate or what story you're telling for these different audiences. You have it done right at one time and then you just schedule it out. And of course that is more work up front, but long-term that saves you a lot of time. So much time. Really connects better with people too. And another thing, this is another tip too, because there's going to be people that say, I didn't get the email or I didn't get the, I would save the email in your inbox. Like make sure you're getting one of these emails. And then if somebody says, I didn't get the email, just forward it to them. Just forward it to them. You don't, you could, or you could say, did you check your spam? But they're not, they're not going to do that. That If they were going to do that, they would have already done it. Just send them the email. That, my children's director does that all the time where she's like, she'll be talking to me about something and I'll say, oh, I didn't get that. She's like, and then like, while we're on the phone, she just sends it to me. Yeah. So it's just, and and that's what she does. She's like, I just always, I always make sure I have those emails saved. If you want to get really crafty, you can put them in folders, but at least just have them saved and get that sent out or screenshot don't be a screenshot a text message that went out and send it to them. You know, I used to get really like, I would go and like look up the person. Like they'd be like, I did not get that email. And I would go like look up their address and be like, you actually you didn't get it on. Right. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know that that did any good. (laughs) Right. I understand. I think I've done that a time or two as well. Well, I think that's a good pro tip to end on. So we will leave it there. Well, thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to the Church Shoes podcast. But listening is really just the start. To take today's topic to the next level and hear from other church communicators, head to the Church Juice Insiders Facebook group. You can find a link to our group along with all of today's show notes at churchjuice.com slash podcast. The Church Juice podcast is a listener-supported production of Reframe Ministries, a family of programs designed to help you see your whole life reframed by God's gospel story. Church Juice is produced by Brian Haley with post-production by Minimal Media Company in Grand Rapids, Michigan. For more information about Church Juice, visit churchjuice.com. For information on Reframe Ministries and our family of programs, visit reframeministries.org.